Welcome, everyone, to the second ever episode of the Dream Team Podcast. This time with way better technology. Oh, yeah. It's I don't even think it's close this time. Like, we were all huddled around a laptop last time. We're basically professionals oh, this time around. We, we've got everything around us. The Raptors are definitely hiring one of us now. <laughs> of course. I am uh, I'm your host, Jake Schultz. As always, joined by, to my left, Zolfi Shake. What's up? What's up? And Spencer Close. Hello, everyone. And the fourth member of the Dream Team podcast uh, was absent for the first episode, but he is back, and he's better than ever. Mr. Daniel Ramos, everyone. Woo. What up, guys? I'm so, Daniel, Daniel, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good, man. How are you doing? You're good? I'm good, too. We're excited to have you here. It's like we I'm finally got the uh, the square. The square is already. I don't know if that's what we should be calling ourselves. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're very square about things. We're, we're a square group. Yeah. So, yeah, this is episode two. Um, lots happened since episode one, eh? A whole lot. Uh, yeah. I think we kind of messed up a little bit by doing an NBA Finals preview. <laughs> I, I do want to say that I did say, unless Celtic come back, just saying. And uh, that comeback is very much alive. Uh, game seven is tonight, ladies and gentlemen, in oh, the Eastern Conference boy. Finals between the Heat and the Celtics. Let's get into this beforehand. Let's cover game six because what a game six it was. Boston, 0-5 oh in close games this postseason. Miami looking to close out the series once again, this time back at home where they are 6-1 and one at home. Can't really talk about the first three quarters. Way too much that happened in that. And the fourth quarter, just got to go right into that. Back and forth the entire time. Massive runs sparked by Duncan Robinson threes. 101-91 with three minutes left in the game. Celtics are up by eight. Jimmy Butler comes up big in the final minutes, drains a three to bring the game within four. Celtics can't get it to go. Butler goes down, is fouled with 130 left, hits one of the two. He gets the ball back, passes to a wide-open Duncan Robinson. No dice. Tatum gets the ball. Shoots a three. No. Rebounded by Brown, who's fouled on the way up. Hits one of two. Back to a four-point game with a minute left. Jimmy drives the net. Gets the and one opportunity to bring the game within one with 53 seconds left. Tatum takes the ball down the court. Loses the ball on the drive. Gets the ball back and is blocked by Adebayo. Brings the ball back up. A wide open Duncan Robinson for the lead. Brick. That's tough. That's Gathered tough. by Tatum. Oh, to Smart, who gets fouled and goes to the line. First shot is bricked. What is happening? Second shot is good. 16 seconds left. 102-100 for Boston. Heat elect not to call the timeout. Butler takes the ball up, is guarded by Horford. Clock is ticking, ticking, ticking. Jimmy cocks it back. And with 2.1 seconds left on the clock, is fouled while shooting. And it is called a two on the floor. Referees want to look it over. There's a timeout. Refs go to review it, and it shows that Butler was indeed behind the three-point line. And they also added 0.9 seconds to the clock. Very interesting. With three seconds left, Jimmy has a chance to bring the Miami Heat to the NBA Finals with arguably some of the most pressure ever on him. Three shots to make it in. First shot is in, second shot is in, and so is the third. The crowd is going crazy. Clutch, absolutely clutch. Boston takes a timeout. Three seconds left on the clock. Boston trying to keep their season alive as Derek White inbounds the ball 
out to Smart, who has a three for the win. No dice. But wait. Of course. Of course. Wait. It's only Derek freaking White. Who? Who? I'll say it again. Derek freaking White crashes the net. Ball is in. Horn is off. But is it in? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. is. Replay shows it's in with 0.1 left on the clock. The game is over. The Boston Celtics stay alive and stun the Heat 104-103, the final, and miraculously somehow, some way, force this game tonight. Boston is currently just the fourth team in NBA history to force a game seven after being down three nothing. That's your little, uh, your little, you know, just nice, nice recap there. It's good, it was well done. What, yeah. what, what's everyone think about that? I think we need to acknowledge yeah. the bomb that was yeah. just Where dropped. Yeah. So something was being shown to me quickly. I haven't seen it yet. Breaking you news. You are going to be shocked. Yeah. So there is a bomb. Not to there not to over like, not to undermine your great yeah because like, that was your great speech right there. But Woj bomb. ESPN sources: Nick Nurse has reached an agreement to become the next coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. <laughs> Ah, I think somebody called that last podcast. I'm not he sure did who. Call he did call yeah. Wow. So, Nurse and Embiid. Wow. I guess the city of brotherly love strikes once again wow. because they are teaming up. That is crazy. That is God the most damn. unexpected thing for me personally. I would never You don't think it was that. expected? No. Embiid does not like Nick Nurse according like based off what he says publicly. So I just feel like if your star player doesn't like someone, why would you hire them? So, it's a fair point. I, I we were talking about this on the last episode that I just I don't personally see the this style that Nick Nurse plays transitioning well to this team. But Zolfi was mentioning that this team needs a kick in the ass. They sure do. Um, I think that there's no other person that's going to do it than Nick Nurse. Uh, it, that that's crazy. The fact that that's just dropping in the middle of this while we're recording. In the middle of my monologue, are you, are you he just started. Well, yeah. he just started. Like, he couldn't have waited. He couldn't wait so for it, it to happen. Like that now, is... Woj said, "Hold up, let me cook." <laughs> uh, that's crazy. Um, okay, do we want to get to that a little bit later? Uh, what, yeah, we we'll come back. Yeah, we'll, we'll come mix back it in with the other yeah. coaching discussion. Let, let, let's talk about this game seven first, because yeah, I, we all wrote this series basically off. Sure, I, I sure did. Um, I've been saying heat every game. So yeah, <laughs> if you follow us on Twitter, which you should, because great podcast at Dream underscore Team underscore Pod, we, me and Spencer, have been riding <laughs> this wave that has been the Celtics, and I don't think we really thought. That I they, just wanted content. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, 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 I was like, okay, I, I could see Game Four being the Celtics because I was like, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Like, I don't realistically see this team getting swept. Yeah, for so sure. they, so they won Game Four. By a blowout, and I was like, mm, "Okay, like it is what it is." Then Game Five happens, another blowout, and then that craziness with Game Six. Yet my at Miami's home, uh, Zolfi, what the hell, brother? This game made none of the sense no. in the world ever. You know the saying like, "Did uh, did Boston win this or did Miami lose it?" None of the above. It doesn't make this game like the math behind it makes zero sense. No. It was the worst three point shooting night for Boston all season, and they somehow won. Miami was plus twenty one from three, took fifteen more shots, more offensive rebounds, less turnovers, but somehow they lost this game. How does that make sense? 
Like, none of this should have happened, but somehow it did. My like, And it's funny because Miami was leading in all these stat categories, but if you're watching the game, the eye test said Miami should have been getting blown out by Boston. Boston was just so dominant this entire game. At least it looked as if they were, but... What they couldn't do was shoot threes, and what Miami could do was shoot threes. That literally, Duncan Robinson and Gabe Vincent from distance was saving their season, and keeping it going. Like it just doesn't it doesn't make sense. This game is the biggest conundrum I think I've ever seen, and it just was encapsulated by that final play. Jimmy Butler getting fouled on a three point shot. Joe Mazzula challenging a shot that technically could have lost them the game yeah. because it gave yeah. uh, Miami three shots instead. The clock gets changed from three uh, to two point one to then back to three seconds. No one really knows why exactly that time was added back on if you look at the replay. And then the Boston Celtics not only get one shot off that almost goes in in the final three seconds, two. Yeah. No, they, we're not talking about this. They got off two shots in the final three seconds. How the heck do you get two shots off in three seconds, one to win it? And even crazier, if Derek White didn't get that because the ball bounced on the other side, Jason Tatum was there. Yeah. Like, what was Miami doing on the glass? Like, Bam Adebayo was just staring at it. Max Struess, I get people are defending him that he was doing his best to cover Jason Tatum. But honestly, I'd no, rather okay. you be. Okay. Why see. is Max Struess in okay, on the last possession? Question. That, that yeah. to me, makes zero sense. He should not have been in that game to begin with. Like, I, I, I'm not, like, a, a basketball, like, uh phenom when it comes to logistics and x's and o's but be closer to the baseline stick stay on Derek white you're you're letting an inbound person like just completely free and you're trying to double jason tatum on the inbound pass i get it Mm. but you hedging so far leaves marcus smart open first of all to catch that first shot and then you're behind on the play the rest of the way so then you can't follow up on Derek white and i get it you almost recovered and got the block but jason tatum fading from a damn near half court or like the hash for a three, I'm going to live with that versus you letting this play happen. So I get it. Like, you were doing your best to not let the superstar get the ball, but all these other things happen as a result. So, again, this game just made no freaking sense. But, hey, we get a game seven out of it, so we're going to have at least an entertaining final, I hope. But, my God, you can watch this game back and... I you can't tell me this made any kind of sense at all. It was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. Yeah, Spencer, what were your reactions from the game? Um, I think it comes down to Miami just coming out too flat. Mm. I remember it was kind of weird. There's a lot of uh, different flows to the game. I remember talking in the group chat about midway through the first half, and I remember Zolfi and I were both saying like, it looks like Boston should be up 30 points. Um, so I as bad as both teams played to some extent um i just think the miami Heat played a little bit worse and i think that last shot came down to ball watching i think it was bam right that was in the paint yeah and he wasn't boxing out anybody he was literally focusing on is this shot going in or is it not he was not focused on his job if it didn't go in which was obviously picking up one of those two rebounders. But like Zolfi said, even if it went to the right side of the rim, Jason Tatum was right there for a putback. Left side, Derek White was there. Bam was just kind of lost. I think he got caught up in the moment watching the play. He was basically boxing Mia. That was as effective as what he did. Like, if you're boxing out the air, you're boxing out a fan. You're not doing anything. And you're supposed to be one of the best rebounders and big men out there. Like, that is inexcusable to me. Yeah, I just don't – I don't think that he was aware of – this ball might not go in and there might be a rebound. I think for him, in his mind, it was, if this shot doesn't go in, it's game over. But there was that three seconds left instead of the 2.1, so they had time to get that rebound in. I just personally don't see how it even got to this point. How many chances have you had to close this series out? And they showed up flat in three of those games. One of them, they almost stole it, which arguably they probably 
should have won that with what happened at the end of the game. I just think that for all the praise that we gave Butler in the last podcast, I think we got to just go the opposite way. And He's been bad. He has not been good. Um, he was 5 for 21 on the night. Awful, just straight-up garbage. And he was just passive, wasn't looking for it, going up at the end. Like, it was like he was afraid until the last four minutes when he thought, okay, I should probably be doing something now. And then he was hunting fouls, which that's a whole other topic that you could probably get into because that's just what NBA players are trained to do nowadays. It's smart. It's smart because well, yeah. he, he was he was tired. Sorry, Dan, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, like, that's what superstars do when their shot's not falling. Like, you got to get to the free throw line. And, like, he looked gas out there. Like, he looked really tired. And, like, I guess fair in a way. Obviously, like, you don't want him to be checked out or whatever. But, uh, you know, um, he looked gas. Like, yeah. th- there's not really much you can do to stop that. Like, he, he has, like, worked his ass off for the whole playoffs. Like, he's been Miami. Um, but, unfortunately, both their stars, um, Butler and Adebayo, didn't show up tonight or yesterday. Um, so... Like, that's just what happens. Like, their stars didn't show up, but Celtic shot, what, 20, 20% from three. So, like, yeah. I don't know. Just, like, I don't, I it's don't. just a weird game, man. Just a weird game. How much do Miami's injuries have to do with it, do you guys think? Like, just the smaller rotation. Like, you got to think Tyler Hero, Old Depot, or at least taking up, I don't know, 40 to 50 minutes? Yeah. Like, I, I guess. Sorry, go, you go ahead. No, I was saying just fatigue obviously has played a big factor in this, but I think it's also been, like, a mental pressure that Miami put on themselves. Like now, yeah. obviously, they're under a lot of pressure if they choke and blow this. But the last couple games, like they looked like an eighth seed again, which they yeah. haven't looked like all playoffs. Like they made Boston not look like a, a one seed, and just like they 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 let the moment I feel like get the better of them. And mentally, like Jake, you said, like Jimmy Butler not being aggressive. Like his whole mo this playoff was being aggressive when he was losing to Drew Holiday in the Bucks. He was like, crapping on Drew Holiday, chirping him to come back. Like, that was his MO is, like, if I go down, I'm going down shooting and I'm being aggressive. That's not the Jimmy we got the last couple games. No. This was a timid Jimmy who, for either the pressure of it, the fatigue, whatever the case is, just decided to be a shell of himself. And as Jared Allen says, the lights seem too bright. Like, that's clearly a bit of what happened. I don't know why. But the the fatigue may have played a factor, but I think it's more of, like, this mental chip on their shoulders that they put that they didn't have to, and it cost them these games. I think what's interesting, they kind of go off what Spencer was saying, like the lack of um, talent available. They're getting a lot of production from those undrafted players. Caleb Martin's been great. Yeah, He's not undrafted, I don't think, but... He is undrafted. Oh, is he? Yeah, he is. Like they're they're he running. J Cole to help him get signed with the Heat. No one was paying attention to Caleb Martin. He needed a rapper. Well, I help. knew that he was not having an easy time get, finding a team. Which, but. hold on, like he was good in college. I don't understand. Like this guy was lights out. The Martin twins at in Nevada were good. He's good in Charlotte too. Yeah. So I that was also shocked me because I when I heard that story for the first time, I was like, oh, he was undrafted because I I just assumed that he went. I thought drafted. he was a second round pick for some reason. Right. Uh, but they're getting production from four undrafted players. Like, you got Struess, you have Robinson, you have Caleb Martin, and you have Gabe Vincent. And these are all people who are giving you capable minutes, and they were, quite frankly, pulling them the last game. So I don't know how much of it is just a lack of talent from the rotation and the missing of some of the players. Yeah, it sucks you miss Tyler Hero. Yeah, it sucks you have Oladipo not there. And Kevin Love, who apparently is hurt. Didn't, didn't know where that came from. It's a reason I mean, he didn't check in that game. On the box score, it says 
did not play coach's decision for him. Yeah, I think he rolled his ankle in one of the games earlier because he. I remember him hobbling off to the bench. I think it was game three that that happened. And then game four, he did play, but then it must not have gone better because he yeah. was just on the bench after that. Uh, I don't know. I, it's so strange that we're just even thinking about the fact that this is going to be quite possibly the first ever reverse sweep. Like, Wild. Makes no sense. Who do you think has more pressure on them? Miami. 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 I think it's just switched completely. Yeah. And I think that's absurd that this play, like, you were 3-0. Three, three this team was dead in the water. Dead. Absolutely dead. Miami had all the control. Jimmy Butler throwing the timeout up. Like, it's it's over. Like, these, these guys were so confident riding. Missoula literally said that he lost the locker room. Yeah, in a, but in a weird way, though, I feel like this is more of Miami's element, right? Like, they're used to being the team that is, like, the weird underdog. and ha- Like, they put this pressure on themselves. It's, like, in a sadistic way, this may be, like, Jimmy being, like, this is how I wanted it all along. You know what I mean? Like, you could yeah, see that. Yeah. Do I think, like, in that narrative, do they have more pressures? Absolutely. You're up 3 nothing on, like, the uh, last year's Eastern Conference finalist, and you're an 8 seed that could sweep them. Like, there's definitely the pressure of that. But at the end of the day, Boston is the, is the top dog. They're right. the number two seed. They were the better team all along with more talent, everything. And they're the ones who are going to be at home in a Game 7. Remember, they had home court advantage because they were the better team. And they're at home. And like Charles Barkley said at the end of that game, like, you're only going to make history if you win. So if you get all the way here and you don't, no one's really going to care that you came back from 3 nothing because at the end of the day, Miami still won, and they're going to be the ones making history. So, like, there is some pressure in that. So the narratives are there, but, like, in some ways, this, this may work in Miami's favor and, like, them being in their element. We also got to remember, though, that the Celtics are also in their element. The playoffs pretty much have been the Celtics since 2019. I think it's since Jason Tatum got drafted. I think he leads the NBA in point, playoff points. Jalen's Brown, Jalen Brown, Brown, no, no, but he's Jalen Brown, Brown. No, no, no. I'm yeah, saying Jalen Brown's sorry. been to like I think seven conference finals or something crazy like yeah, that. Yeah, Jalen Brown, ridiculous. like since he's been in the league, has been playing in the high stakes playoff games. Like this yeah. team been to the has finals been a twice. staple. Uh, they've what they lost in six last year. Like they've they've been there, right? That's the playoffs. They recently have, the experience. have been. No, that's the a good point. Mm-hmm. Yep. But you're not wrong. The Heat kind of strive for this gritty kind of situation. Heat culture, maybe. Um, but uh, I'm just hoping for a good game, honestly. I, I don't see how it can't be. Like, it, it's – I think this is going to be Jimmy Butler's defining moment as a player. Should have been last league. game. They should have won, and that should have been his defining moment. <laughs> right. But so much for no that. One, no one's going to remember what happened at the end of that game. Like, I not anymore. He, he just he, – he sunk those free throws, too, so he, he made it when it mattered. Yeah. People yeah, would have like, called it, like, game, one but... of the best – terrible shooting games ever like a five for 21 up there but with people Westbrook. yeah five for 21 and then <laughs> people would have called it like one of the better playoff performances just because of how clutch that ending was yeah exactly like, he had a bad game but he he did i guess show up when it mattered he had a good fourth quarter run but, but this doesn't matter with the Derek white shot anymore no one cares yeah. about that no this game is if anyone tells me they know or have a feeling of what's going to happen tonight, they're lying. Like, it, you just can't. Like, oh, after dude. the last game and after this whole series, you have no idea what can happen. Like, I could give you every scenario, and it's possible. Celtics blowout, Heat blowout, close game, quadruple overtime for all I know. Like, oh. any of these outcomes are possible, happen. and it's just it, – it is 
like this season has been so much about parity and wide openness. It doesn't get more wide open than this. A one seed versus an eight seed, or two seed, sorry, versus an eight seed in the conference finals to go to the finals in a matchup that no one's going to be able to predict. Game seven, baby. It does. It doesn't get better than this. It's and, wild. And the eight seed was up three zero. Yeah, like, yeah. That's yeah. wild. It's bonkers. Just, it's been a wild playoffs, and I'm hoping that the Eastern Conference gets capped off with just an unbelievable game tonight. A if, nice close game. If we were to put a prediction to it. Who are we riding with tonight? I mean, for me, I'm going Celtics again. Um, just because I remember when I was younger and I first started hearing about the stat of 03 teams never coming back. And I remember it always happened in other leagues. And I always thought to myself, like, why is it impossible in the NBA? Like, I always felt like it was possible. And I just feel like now's the time. Like, I always felt like it was going to happen eventually. And now that there's a two seed that has a chance to do it against an eight seed, I just think it's the year that's finally going to happen. Daniel? Uh, I'm going Heat again. <laughs> uh, Celtics are the better team, and I feel like the pre- – I also didn't answer before. I, I think the pressure is on the Heat. Um, so I, I think it's going to be likely that Celtics win, like if you look at it on paper, but I don't know. I, I really – Heat culture has really grown on me. I know it's like a meme and stuff, but it actually has grown on me, and I do kind of believe in it now. So I could see them dogging it out and just – Pulling something off here. Trust in your sports gut, eh? Hundred percent, man. Yeah, I have to. Uh, before I get to to my prediction, I did want to do this quick little trivia question because okay. I've been been curious right, to know right. if you guys can figure it out. It's not. It's actually not that hard to guess if you know your hoops. Derek White, second player in NBA history to hit a buzzer beater when his team was trailing and facing elimination. One other person has done it. Daniel, I know. Michael Jordan. Do you remember who it is? It was against. It's game seven shot versus Utah. No. It was against Cleveland. Craig oh, Elo, the the shot right. that's been nicknamed the shot. Okay. So now you have a list uh-huh. of Michael Jordan and wow. Derek White. That's uh, well, they're they're two goats. Goals. Players, so. yeah, it's quite clearly, the talent up there. Eh? Yeah, clearly the two best players of all time. Right. Uh, but yeah, uh, I just wanted to see if you guys figure that one out. Just testing our ball knowledge. Yeah, here. going back to my prediction. Look, all of the math, everything says Boston should win this game. They're the more talented team. They again. Let me do my thing. Uh, let me cook. Uh, so, like, Boston scraped out with this win, shooting 20% from three. Their worst ever. They're a three point shooting team. That's where their game sauce predicated on. So, the likelihood of shooting that bad again is almost next to impossible. Like, they're probably going to be shooting better, meaning they're probably going to be scoring better. Miami dominating them in all these categories while on the road in Boston is not likely. The mental pressure Miami's facing is going to be a lot to overcome. So Boston is the one that's playing from this crazy narrative coming from behind, and they're going to be able to make history here. So I think a lot of the stuff is on their side. However, heat culture is real. Let's Jimmy freaking Butler. Woo! Like, I'm sorry. Jimmy Butler is that guy. Like, he said it after last game. You're going to get the same test until you pass, and I think he's ready to pass. If they're going to do it, it's going to be now. I'm sorry. If they don't get to the finals this year, I don't know how many years they have left. Jimmy Butler is getting old. Kyle Lowry is a shell of himself. This team is going to have to restructure and revamp if they want to stay competitive. So this is their time. This is their chance. And there's something to be said about the fact that Boston puts so much mental and physical energy just to get to this point that it could be a massive letdown for all we know. You honestly had a bit of that letdown in Game 6, but by the basketball gods somehow helped them win that game. 
in the craziness that happened at the end there. So I think they're like I can absolutely see Boston coming out flat, just facing all the mental and physical fatigue. Game seven at home, just all the stuff going on that they're gonna have to deal with. There's more pressures playing in your own house when there comes to uh, a, a game seven, especially you're gonna have to deal with all the people, family, friends, all that kind of stuff. But just. If it's going to happen, it's now. So, like, my brain says it's going to be Boston, but my heart says Miami. And so far, Miami has shown enough heart to get to this point. So, I have to have to stick with it. And also, I'm just playing the odds game here. If I flip to Boston and they win, I look like I'm riding the bandwagon. If I flip to Boston and they lose, I look like an idiot. The only way I still look like I'm kind of okay is if I stick with the Heat because if they win, I'm a genius with Dan. Mm-hmm. If they lose, at least I was loyal. So I got well, to stick with the odds. That's awfully safe of you. No, 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 no. You do know, like me, bro. You do know your record's going to be 0-4. It is not. If We're getting one. How many times win. are you guys going to keep doubting the Miami Heat? I, like, I, have they shown me a reason right now? Yeah, they're being here. like three, four years, bro. They've made insane playoff runs. It's basically the same. Same Not team. As good as the Celtics runs. What's that? Celtics have been to the finals twice, haven't they? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> have they won? I, yeah, have they won? Show me I, their rings. And I'm they get be, pretty shaky in You know what? If Miami wins, I actually will be happy. I don't care. Yeah, I, no, I, I just want good basketball, man. That's all I the want. The winner tonight will be basketball. <laughs> Ethical basketball will win tonight. I think basketball Ethical already basketball won. won. I think basketball I think already won. Basketball what a great has series. won. It, it was. It was turning out to be such a terrible conference finals. Like, both sides were gearing up towards a sweep. I was like, oh, this sucks. Like, whereas, like, I want a little bit of excitement. Mm-hmm. And we got it. So, I can't complain. Definitely got it. Yeah. I, um, I'm i going to go with Celtics tonight. I, I don't – there's just too much going. So, we're, we're splitting again. We are. Once again. Yeah. This is a, a nice 2-2 split. I, I've rode them this far, three games. I They're at home. I <laughs> – you can laugh all you want hey, at that. Yo. Right. I said it. It, it. it sounded bad coming out of my mouth. All right. I tried to move past it. All right. This is a family friend. No. Uh, I don't know. I I, I, it, I want good basketball. I'm excited for this game tonight. I'm hyped that it made – this is the theoretical possibility that this 0-3 comeback is finally probably maybe going to happen. And I just think that getting Brogdon back again tonight is another feather in their cap. Which they've oh, yeah. missed. They've won without Brogdon. Dude, that's a big comeback. It is, and that helps the three-point shooting tremendously. I think Tatum's going to come out there and just have a monster game, and I think Butler's going to continue to play like he has the last three games. Now, I would love to be proven wrong. I, I, I like this team. I want them to make the finals. I want Jimmy Butler to get that ring. I just think this Celtics team is too good, and the fact that they're able to do this is a testament to that. All right. Let's move on a little bit, shall we? Can I just ask a question? Yeah. Is this a family-friendly podcast? Are we allowed to cuss or anything? I mean... I, I think we should stray away from it, right? But, like... It's kind of like whatever comes... Whatever. It depends okay. how far you want to go with cussing. Like, throwing, like, a shit in there, I think. Every once in a while. Okay. 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 Yeah, yeah, but yeah. If, if, if you're dropping F-bombs yeah, and C-bombs and yeah, stuff, you know maybe... What? If maybe I'm making not, innuendos yeah. and you catch it, you catch it. We can laugh at it. Right. Like, if I say 69, I expect somebody to say nice. Sure. You know what I mean? You know? Like, that. That. that's just common logic, but, you know, beyond that, That's just the world we live in. Yeah, exactly. Just think about it. Love that. Okay, good to know. Let's move on to the coaches now, and apparently we have another coach to talk about. Uh, we kind of already we dropped the bomb in the middle of that, and it kind of just frazzled me completely. Sorry about all that. Uh, the main one that we were going to talk about today is that the Bucks have hired former Raptors assistant Adrian Ooh. Griffin as their next head coach. What a hiring! After rumors of Nick Nurse really being the only one I saw 
I know that we saw the reports of Adrian Griffin in the interview, but Nick Nurse apparently dropped out. Said, nope, I don't want to be here. That is what I heard. What are all your initial reactions on Adrian Griffin, the big Griff, headed to the Cream City? I mean, I love it. Uh, I think if they wanted Nick Nurse and they couldn't get him, the next closest thing's probably Adrian. Uh, mm. uh, I think he's a great coach. I think he has done a lot for the Raptors. I think a lot of the Raptors' success, everyone gives Nick Nurse their credit, but I think it's the whole coaching staff. I think they're just such a good system that I think um, there's a reason that we always always get our coaches scooped up. But uh, personally, I love it for them. I think it's a great fit, but... Yeah, I, f- I find it an interesting hire for a couple reasons. One, the whole Nick Nurse dynamic of it all, like him pulling his name out, which everyone kind of thought that was a match made in heaven, Nick Nurse with Giannis. Mm. And like yeah. to the point where people are speculating that Nick Nurse taking his name out to be a good friend to Adrian Griffin to kind of, you know, give his boy the job. I don't know how much I buy into that. It's probably the most it's, desired job it's in Nick the Nurse NBA. Nick Nurse talking about also, yeah. right? Yeah, who knows? Uh, but I think there's also the fact that apparently Giannis vouched for Griffin, and that's the guy he wanted. Griffin seems like he's probably going to be a player's coach, at least kind of just the vibe uh, we seem to be getting and all the, the stories coming out from it. But my main thing is that Griff used to play for the Bucks at one point, so he at least have a tiny bit of familiarity with the city and kind of getting accustomed to things. But my biggest thing is, is that it's it's a new name in the coaching ranks, in the head coaching ranks, that is. And I think that's important. Cycling through the same old names like, God, Doc Rivers. I knew you were going to yeah. say it. You, yeah. you can't hide it. Yeah, yeah. I can't because he should be not be. An episode, you put him on the assistant bench, out ride out, get your pension, Doc. You're washed. Uh, but <laughs> going back to the original point, uh, like you need just new names in this coaching pool to at least have opportunities. And like we don't need to talk about Joe Mazzula anymore because I think he's going to be safe after this, whether they win or not. Yeah, that take aged and real terribly. poorly. Spoiled milk. But I think my point then, too, was, like, coaches need to be given the opportunity to learn, make mistakes, and have the, uh, have the chance to develop cultures. And you can't do that if there's no new coaches entering into the head coaching rank. So I think Adrian Griffin's a win because it's going to be somebody new, somebody different, and at least you're going to have to learn to play under him but also play against him and what he can do as a coach. And like Spencer said, he's been part of a lot of the Raptors' success. Uh, and he's been part of like be, the Raptors being able to be dynamic both in offense and defense and kind of changing things up. So I think it'll be something unique because he's now going to be given one of the most talented rosters in the NBA with arguably the best player in the NBA, and he's going to have expectations early. Yeah. So whether he's new or not, whether he's going to ha- learn or not is one thing, but he's going to have expectations, and if Giannis wanted him, that's awesome, but Giannis also is going to want to win immediately. And if they don't, there's going to be a lot of questions around him and his free agency and whatnot. But to the original point, like, I think it's good that they hired somebody new. Somebody new, somebody fresh, and hopefully it can end in good things for the Bucks. I think that's the most interesting thing for me is that, yeah, we want new, fresh head coaches in the league. Because, yeah, we are recycling. This league has been recycling them for decades now. You see it all the time, and they're way past their prime, still getting jobs. Stan Van Gundy has left the broadca- or the broadcast booth multiple times yeah. to come back to be a coach and then get fired again to go back to the broadcast booth. You should know that he's just not good at Stop hiring him. Hey, man, it's the same thing with Tristan Thompson getting a job right off the, <laughs> no, the Don't talk too. about Tristan Thompson. Not that bad of Okay, we're not talking about this. Yeah. No, we are not giving him flowers. <laughs> Tristan Thompson. screen assist, guys? Oh, my. Wow. <laughs> couple, his, couple of big dunks. His great nine minutes that he had <laughs> in the game where the Lakers got swept. Yeah, great stuff. No, Griffin's name has been thrown for years. Uh, that We've been seeing him. 
in so many rumors, and he's just consistently been like, no, I'm going to stay here. No, I'm going to stay with here. And he has been a great, great asset for the Raptors for years. And I know a lot of people were kind of a little bit – a lot of Raptors fans are a little hesitant on Griffin leaving. I know everyone's happy that he got the job. It's bittersweet. Because people were like, well, why can't this guy be our head coach? He knows the system. He was under Nick Nurse for years. He's taken over as the head coach's a couple a couple games. Is, yeah, he's filled in. Yeah, he's yeah. filled in. I think he's won all the games, too. I think he lost one of them, pretty sure. Did this he? first one, he, he won. One, yeah. I know that. But after that, he may have. I think I was at a game where he coached. I think against, against the Pistons, where they almost blew it, but they won by one. That was the that was my game on my birthday. That yeah, was a what, what, yeah. What a what a great birthday probably, present for me. Probably watching. the only time the last five years they beat the Pistons because they seem to probably, just always yeah. lose the Pistons. They swept them this year. All right, yeah, they broke the curse. Yeah, you, you got to give them a little and then bit. You fire Nick Nurse after that. God nice. damn it! You're gonna go back to the same old. No, I, I think it's a good hire. I think it is interesting that this is obviously a competitive team, a competing team that wants to win, and you're bringing in that new experience. But I think that a bit of that nurse is going to be in him, and I think that he's going to know how to be a bit more friendly to players. And clearly that's a, a thing Giannis is looking for, which 100%. I love that about Giannis. That guy is the, the humblest player in the world, and I love that he's looking for just a pure, wholesome individual like Adrian Griffin. I think it's a great hire. Daniel, you got anything to say about that? Yeah, kind of just like building off what you guys said. Like, it is bittersweet. Um I think he's a great coach. I think he's gonna have a good time with the Bucks, and you know he's coaching the best player in the world. So, or arguably, I guess that's a debate. I guess, but uh, no, man, it's. I think it's also good for the Raptors. You know, when we let Nick go, Masai said he wanted to start a new chapter, build a new identity. I think that's kind of what around what he said. And like, Griffin's awesome, but I think it's tough to do that when you hire internally, because. He may do things slightly differently, but he still has been with the organization since 2018. So looking at it from also the Raptors' perspective, um, it's good for the, the organization that they can find someone new and bring in a new, completely new perspective to the team. So, yeah, I mean, I'm happy for him. It is bittersweet. Uh, I'm sad to see him go, but, you know, it makes sense. He also uh, was an assistant coach with the Bucks from 2008 to 2010, so he already had an, uh, a relationship with them too, so... Good for him, man. Happy for him. Yeah, that's where he started his coaching career, and now he yeah. gets his first full-time role as well with the Bucks. So yeah, super sick. Crazy cool. cool to come. Crazy how that works, eh? Yeah, wild. From one head coach to the other head coach. Oh, jeez. The <laughs> one that broke we 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 broke the news. Sorry, Woj. It was uh, it's on. It, this is on tape delay. Massive yeah. tape delay, but we we broke the news. <laughs> we, right? we we read what we just told that. before he we are it. he actually told you guys while I was in the middle of doing my uh, my pre yeah yeah and he sends all of you DM yeah quickly just like just in case and that, the, to, to preface this all right that well, I was a little rattled at the beginning because I was like uh, looking to my left seeing everyone freak out and I'm like what what is going on I was like there cannot be and I see out of the corner of my eye I see a little Woj. And I'm like, you cannot, you gotta be kidding me, man. <laughs> there, there's few things that get you going as much as a Woj bomb, oh, eh? Woj the way we all reacted, it's like Christmas Best morning. Man. It's crazy. The timing of that, though. Like, we were sat in here for maybe 20 minutes prepping, being like, okay, like, let's share it. No, just as soon as we start recording, within two minutes, Woj long. is just like, yo, you know your former head coach that you guys all cheer for? <laughs> he just got hired to one of your bitter rivals. And yeah. yes, they are rivals. I will say that because Philly is absolutely a rival of the they Raptors. Are. There are some people out there that don't think that. There are some people they're who so disagree They're very with us wrong. On that. They're very crazy. They are very, absolutely. But Nick Blasphemous. Nurse, 
Former's Raptor head coach, former NBA champion, former coach of the year. Crazy this guy got fired, isn't it? Is now with Joel Embiid's on Philadelphia. Can you get Embiid to go in the paint? <laughs> That's the first thing you have to think. I, we, we laugh, oh, you're a but it's sicko. The first thing you think is, can I talk to him about post touches? Hey, Embiid needs to get his ass in the paint. What the hell is going to happen with this team? I I am so curious with this hiring. Well, there's a great reply on on Twitter to Woe. It just said, if a doctor couldn't fix them, how would a nurse? Hey, hey, hey. That's from a, a doctor bar. to a That's nurse, a eh? Well, that doctor should have retired 17 years yes. ago. Also, and not it's a probably, real doctor. So. Yeah, that doctor, I would not trust my life in surgery, let alone on a basketball court. So, <laughs> well, if he's got one promise to himself <laughs> in life, it's anytime Doc Rivers is brought up, he has to slander him. It's only it's the right thing to do, is yeah, it not? I don't Rivers. disagree. What do you do I'm if you meet Doc it. Rivers? Shake his hand and say, nice to meet you, man. <laughs> you got the nice approach to that one? Yeah. See, the second you ask that, my head just starts circling. I don't know what I wanted I to say. I saw the blank stare. <laughs> There's There's no, it was more of a twinkle because, like, <laughs> God, the opportunity so much I could say to this absolute washed coach <laughs> of a man. Uh, I, I don't know what I would say to Doc Rivers. I would probably just be like, hey, how's it going? How's retirement treaty? Oh, you're not retired yet? God, you should consider that, man. <laughs> uh, buddy, you know, yeah, like Thanos just sitting in the garden smiling over his work <laughs> and, you know, destroying half the universe. He's destroyed half the NBA franchises I think he's been on. So yeah, same thing. Been, yeah. So, like, I don't know what I would say to him. But, like, in terms of the Nick Nurse hiring, I th- I think it's a match made in heaven and, like, Maybe not from, like, the narrative standpoint, but like I said last time when I called it, uh, this team needs accountability. Humble brag. Yeah, (laughs) hashtag humble brag. But I think a a, a weird thing in this is that, again, Joel Embiid is a bit of, like, a a fiery personality. He's a bit of a troll at times. He likes to have fun. But, like, the, the stuff he said about Nick Nurse, it's like, Maybe I'm speculating armchair psychologist here, but, like, it's like you see that, that pretty girl from across the room that you know is another guy. Like, you know you can't have him or have her, so you're, like, you're just going to be like, ah, oh, whatever, she's, she's, not, she's not my type. You know what I mean? But, like, he probably saw the success that uh, Nick Nurse had, like, with Kawhi. And even after, the, he still was able to, at times, cause trouble for the 76ers. They forced that series to six games a year ago. Like, I think Joel Embiid kn- knows how talented Nick Nurse is as a coach. Yeah. And he was, like a bit jealous of the situation. So he's like, you know what, Nick Nurse is annoying. He annoys me, blah, blah, blah. But, like, he'd be ridiculous to not see the potential he could have with a with a coach as talented as Nurse. And, again, I think accountability is going to be a big one. And it won't be Joel having to be the one throwing names out and holding people accountable. It'll be Nick Nurse who can do it because God knows he loves to throw shade at his players oh, and hold yeah, them accountable. So he'll be able to do that. But, like like I said, I know there's the concerns around, like, can Joel Embiid match Nurse's style of play? I think that this is going to be a test for Nurse as well to show can he adapt to his roster and kind of help them out. But he, Nurse gets all the tools he needs. Like, James Harden is going to be a question mark whether he's there or not. But I think if anyone can help Maxi unlock himself, it's going to be Nick Nurse. And he obviously loves playing with, like, dynamic guards and running them into the ground. But uh, he he's going to – Take Maxi, who's a young player, t- pair him up with Embiid, and then they're going to be surrounded by shooters and defenders. And, like, again, this this roster is exactly what Nurse needs to showcase himself as a coach in this league. So I think it's it's going to be exciting. It's going to be fresh, and it's going to be something different for the 76ers, which they haven't had in a while, which is, again, accountability. How many games do we think this team goes without getting a technical foul? 
Zero. It's gonna happen in the first Zero preseason game. Though, like, Good luck pre-season. to all the refs. Watch them give the Raptors as their opening game this year. It'd be fantastic. If they uh, the Raptors they never get in Scotiabank Arena. I, I see it happening. If they don't do it, that's a so. very big missed opportunity. It they was the Wizards to. two years ago in that game where the Raptors absolutely stunk it up stunk the in their awful. opener. That was horrible. Yeah, the Cavs this season. It was when Kyle Kuzma came out and was like scoring, and everyone's like. Huh? Why? Second coming of Kuzma? That game? What is going? On? And then apparently Kuzma is all of a sudden very good again. So, and then th- this year was the Cavs, and they beat the Cavs. The year before the Wizards, was the Pelicans. Yeah. So. yeah, Zion didn't play, did he? That game he was supposed to. No, he to. didn't play. It, we had like prime time, like national yeah. televised, and Zion didn't play, and everyone was like, "Never mind, we don't care about the Raptors." Yeah, yeah we don't usually get the best first games, but hopefully, fingers. There's crossed. juice to this one. There is. A there lot is of juice, juice to this one. 100%. I think this is just gonna fuel. A Masai and Bobby Webster to try to compete a bit more. I think, like you can't possibly keep looking around at these teams in the East that are gonna be that are making these types of moves. And yeah, sure, you got the Bucks that are trying something new with Adrian Griffin. But I think there's, like we said, there's a little bit of something there that will work. I think Nick Nurse going to a rival is only gonna spark something within this front organization that I think. Is it for the best? Maybe not. Could Pascal Siakam still be on this team next year? Maybe. How much of this hiring goes into that? I I think it's a genuine question to ask because I, I could see Masai not loving this decision by Nick Nurse to do it, but I they fired him, so he gets to do whatever he wants. I, it's crazy to me that this is even happening. If he told me a year ago that Joel Embiid and Nick Nurse <laughs> – we're going to be a 1-2 combo of coach and player. Insane. While after Embiid just won the MVP. You raise a good point, though, that, like, this is a like a gut shot to Masai. Whether it's, like, implicit, explicit or not. Like, Nurse going to Philly. Like, and mind you, taking his name out of the Milwaukee running, which you think may have been more of a rival to Toronto, given that, like, they face in the conference. But no, like, the juice that they've had against the, – the, the rivalry they had against the Sixers is different. Like, I think we all can all agree on that. So mm-hmm. for him to take his name out of the running from Milwaukee to then go to Philadelphia, like, that – I can't see that as much else other than a shot to Masai that, like, oh, we're going we're gonna to taunt you for as long as I'm here and we're going to make sure you guys lose to us. Like, I, I think Masai is going to have to see it that way. And then he needs to do something like he's already been under a lot of pressure, and I trust Masai, but this this spells something different. Like he needs to he needs to make a move here soon. I, that's the my main thing is the soon because we're just seeing update after update about coaches and not really having much else coming out of this Raptors front organization other than they're taking their time. There was an update more recently about some of the people. And the the legitimate heat to some of the coaches that the Raptors were looking into. Becky Hammond apparently is there's nothing in there aside from just starting speculation, which I think a, a lot of us probably assumed, especially after the most recent news of her coming out. Steve Nash is apparently a legitimate uh, apparently a legitimate contender to take over this Raptors team. Monty Williams is in there, but there has been speculation that no one has really gone pat they don't know if he's they've actually gone to an interview process with monty williams it's just kind of been more internal talk i don't know guys i think it's gonna be steve nash i think so too i that's not the thing i want it to be but i agree i think it will be oh sweet lord help us really i, I do so i don't know so 
I feel I still think there's a couple like assi- uh, former assistants or current assistants like in the running. Like there's Chris Quinn with uh, Miami, which I think is a lot of people's favorite. Daniel, you know, Heat culture. So, like, if you bring in a guy like that, I think there's a lot of promise to that. There's Charles Lee with Milwaukee, who, again, obviously a very established team right now. Those are two names that could be in the running. Another name that we haven't really talked about, Sergio Scariolo, who I think is currently the betting He is the betting. I was just looking into that. I think Dan here knows a bit about Sergio. What what do you think, Dan, about him as a coach for the Raptors? I like Sergio, and he was actually next man up before he left. Like, when Nick wasn't there, Sergio would be the one coaching over Griffin. Um, I liked him a lot. I thought he had a good attitude. Um, I think he did well when he coached the team when obviously Nick wasn't available. Um, and I think he'd be good for the young guys because that's all I care about in getting a coach at the moment is just someone. That's also why I like Monty Williams because I just want someone who's going to be, you know, not as harsh on the young guys the way Nick was. Um, have them give him a longer leash. And I think Sergio could be that if things don't work out with Monty. So. He was fantastic with Spain. If you know anything about Spain's yes, national team, Spain, yeah. they are a powerhouse. So if he had any of his like handprints all over that team, that is uh, definitely a guy you still want with your organization. He would also be the first truly international head coach in the NBA, which really? would be um, yeah, a massive f- – oh, wow. that would be a massive thing, and I can see the Raptors. That would be the most Raptors thing to do ever. Exactly. So. That's why Hammond Bringing was – in a European from overseas, when have they done that before? Oh, never. never done that. <laughs> That's why Hammy, Hammond kind of wasn't like – we could see it being the Raptors being this one team to go ahead and take Hammond, and I don't – because I don't really know as – dumb as it sounds there's probably other teams out there that's like ah why would why would we even do that right let's go get doc rivers back up in here instead of getting uh, don't don't get me started so unproven but <laughs> it's it's interesting i know jordy fernandez's hit name was kind of thrown yeah. around a lot more yeah, recently King's too assistant, right yeah he was regarded as like one of the best assistants out there right now and i know he was a finalist for the sun's job which has been narrowed to doc rivers and nick nurse <laughs> so mark <laughs> stein no comment Mark Stein had a quote that says, a name to watch in Toronto's slower moving than most coaching search, says one league source, is associate head coach Jordy Fernandez. And that was an hour ago. There was a time to hire somebody out of Sacramento. It's now. Like after the season they just had. Like you want to catch that lightning in a bottle with a a hire like that. So I can see him as a candidate. The Becky Hammond stuff, sorry to circle back to that. Like it – it bugs me because I thought it was gonna be some like legitimate story to it, and I get the whole suspension and everything with the Vegas, the Las Vegas Aces makes it more complicated. But it seems to be coming out that it was again one of those things where they're just dangling her name out there just just for the buzz, and just as well. It's a not name. the first time that's happened. That's either. what I mean. Like they, it's happened so many times where all these coaching vacancies happen, and her name is dangled like a carrot, like for a horse. Like it's just not. I don't. It's not cool in my opinion. Like uh, to the point where she said like, oh, like. I'm not going to wait around for this. If you want me, give me an offer. Like, that's clearly something out of frustration that she said. And there's there's literally nothing on a resume where you can't say she's, she is capable of being an NBA head coach. She's obviously fantastic at her job. She paid her dues with the San Antonio Spurs, and now she killed it in her first season with the Aces. So I think if you're going to at least put her in the mix, do it in a serious and professional way. And I'm not saying the Raptors did this, but when the name first came right. out, there was ideas of there being an interview and stuff to there not being an interview. Yeah, so like, like the we, name just seemed thrown in there again. We don't know what happens with the front office. We, yeah. we have no idea what gets out beside from leaks and everything like that, which is kind of surprising because the Raptors are one of the most nightly tit, nightly tit? 
That's not English at all. No, no. Uh, tightly knit. Tightly knit. Thank you. <laughs> See, this I is didn't know where he was going, so I'm glad you did. <laughs> I honestly had no clue. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is he trying to say? <laughs> this is episode lightly. two. You're nightly Everyone, what now? Lightly what? What are you doing there? Sorry, night? Jake. You're doing a great job. Thanks, man. Uh, one of the most nightly... <laughs> What are the most nice. tightly in your own head? I take it back. In Someone say, wait, one of the most tightly knit organizations in the league. Right. Thank you. So it was. It's kind of upsetting a little bit that this is happening because I think Hammond is deserving of a job. Absolutely. And the only thing that's amazing. holding her back is her gender, which is unfortunate. Very unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I don't know. I, I I hope she gets her shot soon. I think if the Aces win again this year, like what? Do you, come on, it's only a matter of time, right? Like, been a matter of time. It's it has been a matter of time. I think some team should take a swing on her, rather than just throwing name her name out there for the sake of it. Do you think she would be down though? Like this summer, I feel like it would be like another move for her very quickly. Like, do you think that maybe she? There's any possibility that she's the one who kind of turned it down early? Not, or so do we think for, for this season, I don't think it, it's, a, it's a real possibility anymore. I think if the Raptors or one of these early coaching vacancies went to her with a serious offer, she probably would have done it knowing there's enough time before the season. But like the fact that it was such a lengthy and delayed process, and again, her name was just being dangled to the point where the Aces were into preseason and the regular season's already started now. Like I definitely don't see it happening now. But I think there was some possibility to it early on. It's just unfortunate how it all went down what i am curious to know from you guys is there's three vacancies left as of right now unless anyone else gets fired there's phoenix toronto detroit people kind of forgot detroit existed let alone they needed a coach detroit yeah no no one does like they're building a nice young core i'm sure there's one coach that wants to you're such a good person daniel they are building (laughs) a nice nice young young core that's had 17 wins this year yeah but like he was all year but again, that's also a red flag. It was a leg yeah, that injury. That's never good. Sure. Yeah. Okay. He's after involved. Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, Jalen Duran, Isaiah you, Stewart. Uh, sure. But that's what I mean. Like if, when you when I have to when <laughs> the you have LeBron to start, killer. when you have yeah the, the absolute Hulk of a man when you start talking about the rest of the names on that roster, you have to start explaining yourself as to why you think they're good players. And when you have to do that, you've already <laughs> lost the argument. Like when I say like James Wiseman is somebody who has potential, like I've already lost because I have to tell you that. Uh, okay. But, like, he kind of is still. Yeah, God, I don't know. I've kind of lost hope. Yeah, I, I hope so. I really do. But, like, his fit was terrible. So who Marvin like, Bagley? <sighs> All right, don't. What year is this? Yeah, yeah. all right. You're out. A role you, player, you can, maybe. You can walk know. out that door <laughs> if you want to. Okay, but my point is, is, like, so with the three with the three coaching vacancies, so let's start with Toronto and Phoenix, because Detroit, who really knows? Literally, Doc Rivers. Hey, Doc Rivers, go, with the, go there. Sure. Uh, but, like, uh, Toronto and Phoenix, who do you guys think would make sense as their coaches? I'll go first. I think, I think Monty Williams. Like I, I think I briefly touched on this last episode. I think Monty Williams is the one that can bring the culture back to this team. I, I think this team is sorely missing culture right now, and for a team that had so much pride on their We the North era, and competing with everyone, not giving up, being in every single game, didn't care at all to do that last year. I think someone like Monty Williams makes a lot of sense, especially if the Raptors don't trade Pascal Siakam or an OG Ananobi and they do decide to contend, quote, quotation marks around that term, once again, which is a very real possibility. I think he makes the most sense for the Raptors there. What was the other team you said? Phoenix. Phoenix, right. Yeah. Uh, 
I have no idea. That that one's a, that's really interesting now that Nick Nurse got swallowed up because that one would have been a pretty good pairing with Kevin Durant and Booker with Nick Nurse. I have no idea. So Mike JJ Redick, Budenholzer's on the table. Still. Oh well, yeah, Budenholzer. That you know what? Now that you said that, it's probably going to be him. I think it should be him. Vogel's on the market too. But Frank Vogel's also been Glenn weirdly Rivers just kicked out of the league. The Vogel's been on the market. Yeah. Vogel is for a long uh, time. Another name, Kenny Atkinson, uh, former yeah. Brooklyn Nets coach, assistant with Golden State. Yeah, he's been in the, the been in the running for a lot of these competitions. I, I there there is this weird like dynamic that he was there with KD in Brooklyn, and then you know he got Can and Steve Nash came in, and we saw how that ended. But like, who knows the terms they're on, and if Kenny would even want the Suns job. But yeah, I I would go Budenholzer. In, in Phoenix, just because he's an established guy. He knows how to deal with superstars. He hasn't had turmoil with superstars like he might get with uh, KD, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and all like those big names. But he clearly knows how to manage a team filled with talented players, and he can make the most out of it. But Toronto, I think, I think I'm with you, Jake, Monty Williams, because I think he's obviously a very talented coach, but another thing is, is he checks the most boxes for this Raptors fan base. You are going to get an established name, somebody who you're going to have trust and credibility in. He was a former coach of the year, went to the finals not that long ago. But you're also going to have a bit of a freshness and a fresh perspective and voice that's not going to come from a completely rookie head coach. You're going to have somebody who's a bit more of a player's coach than Nick Nurse was. You're going to have somebody who can do things differently and add a different type of culture, so it's going to be fresh. But again, you're not going to get that from a rookie where you're going to have doubts on his ability. Monty Williams is going to be a very veteran savvy like an established name and like can we think of another coach that the raptors have hired in recent memory with the with a pedigree of Monty williams dwayne casey no. when he came in definitely didn't have one nick nurse was an assistant you had a sam mitchell jay triano i can go yeah, back down the list they haven't had a hiring with that caliber of a name so or, like to, the locker room is going to instantly respect that. yeah exactly yeah, that. so like i think that's why like it'll be a big hiring if they can get monty williams like i think it'll it'll do a lot of things for this team and people forget he was coach of the year last year yeah he's a God, good coach this league is crazy man. it is crazy <laughs> the amount of turnover that we have in this league is honestly mind-blowing because the we're seeing all these coaches just getting hired how much pedigree all of them have like a former champion three years ago just got picked up yeah, you're not seeing any of the bad teams fire their coaches. Well, either what do you Detroit. mean? Tom Thibodeau is still there. <laughs> but I just mean like teams that are in the lottery. They're not the ones that are making coaching changes. Seems no. to be the the contenders. So who do, who do you Which got, Spence? Weird. Who do you got for these? Coaches? I'm gonna kind of take Zolfi's point and use it as a counterpoint. Um, okay. The fact that the Raptors never hire the best name <laughs> makes me scared that I want them to hire Monty Williams, but I still think they're gonna do something that everyone's kind of like where did this come from jj reddick well i just remember when nick nurse got hired he wasn't really in the discussion like no. it kind of came out of nowhere and i remember everyone was kind of saying like why why did we hire nick nurse when there's all these coaches out there so i just feel like they might do something similar uh they seem to all the time like zolfi said if they're smart they'd probably bring in williams i don't know i think they might just do something different like usual um, and then Phoenix, I'll agree with Zolfi this time, and I'll say Budin. Budin, yeah, I'll just say Coach Bud. There you go. Is is a great. It's okay, hire. we all have this up at the tones. Yeah, it's a great hire for them because they have how many years left of Durant? Not many. No. And it, if, two. I don't think they're looking to take a risk on a coach. I think they're gonna pick up a Budenhoser because good point. 
he has a championship pedigree, and I think that's all they're going to care about at this point with that roster. Producer Dan. Um, for Raptors, I have two top candidates. I have Monty Williams, and I believe you mentioned him earlier, Zolfi, Chris Quinn. Heat culture. There you go. Heat culture. I want to snag up some of that heat culture, man. Like, it's clearly working. Every team, you don't think they're going to be a finals contender, and then they're making these insane runs. How much of that, though, the fact that the Heat have gone this far into a postseason run, though, do you think is that going to attribute to the Raptors' decision and them holding out? Like, do you think that there's some smoke to that, that the Raptors have held out this long on anything? And he has been listed as it would make sense. one of the best assistants out there. Sense. Discussion, yeah. I don't know. This front office is very stubborn sometimes. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if, yeah, that does play a part. But I don't know, man. Chris Quinn, he was the director of player development for four seasons while also being an assistant coach. He filled in for Spo when Spo got COVID, and he had a 2-1-1 record. Um He's just an interesting player, man, or interesting coach, man. Um, he's worked with the G League team. Uh, the Sioux, is it Sioux Falls? Yeah. Yeah, Sioux, Sioux Falls. Falls Sky Force as an assistant coach for a while. So he's very experienced. It's not like we're getting someone, like, just completely random or anything like that. Um, so I think that would be a re- really interesting hire. And uh, heat culture, baby, all the way. So. It's a good shout. Yeah. I like that. Um, but in terms of Suns, honestly, a team – with that many veterans, just get an established coach. I'm, I'd, I'd go Mike Budenholzer as well. Like you said, Zolfi, like he has shown that he knows how to manage a team, uh, especially in the regular season. He's an awesome regular season coach, and he's also a championship coach. I'm not going to lie. I was definitely one of the doubters of him throughout the throughout all these postseasons with Giannis. I didn't think he would be able to be the one who would uh, be there when they won. But I think everyone was. I don't think anyone trusted Budenholzer at all, especially what he did with that Atlanta Hawks team. Yeah, he's made some, you know, questionable rotations throughout the years and you know, I just I yeah, I didn't see him being the one. But hey, he proved me wrong, so I, I would love to see him with the Suns because he's established and that team I I don't think Speaking of needs full a new circle one. moments, kinda going off that, he was a KD toe away from probably getting fired two seasons earlier. True. Now he might end up coaching KD. True. You convinced me yeah. it's happening. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, it's happening. Happen. You said his happen. name and I immediately went, I don't know how I forgot him. It happened so fast and so long ago, right? Like the NBA, like like carousel just moves so fast. But yeah, there's a lot of names out there still, a lot of assistants that could get a chance. But there's more question marks around these teams than ever as well. But like, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. I really thought Nick Nurse was going to Philly. Um, Philly. Phoenix. Oh, news for you, Woj bomb. He is. He is in Philly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I I just really thought he's going to Phoenix as well. I thought that. Katie being so vocal about how much he likes Nick was really going to play a factor into it, but who knows, man? Who knows? Quickly, just one last topic here before we start wrapping up here. Do you guys think that this rest that the Nuggets are getting is going to come out a little bit to bite them in the ass? Yes. Good question. Yeah? You guys think so? Yes, I do. It's it's weird that we were talking about the NBA Finals. I don't know. Like I, I get the rest versus rust argument, but if there is a team that can – kind of counter that i think it's this Nuggets squad like Jokic isn't known for being like the fastest pace guy like i don't know the nuggets like fast break stats and how, how their pace of play but like they're they're centered around him and just like wings who can move around and cut baseline and stuff they're not known for like needing to be like i guess the warmest team in the league they're they're the ones playing in high altitude they're used to it so the conditioning is obviously fantastic and they're gonna be at home in this series so 
I guess if they face Miami, if they face Boston, I think Boston may be the home team. I'm not sure. But I don't know. They're, they're a poised. I could be wrong. Nuggets. I think Nuggets it's Nuggets. Still Nuggets. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so that, they, to the point then, like, then they'll have, like, that conditioning and that home court advantage. So I think if any team can beat the rust argument, it's, it's a team as put together as this Nuggets squad centered around Jokic. I think they're just so mature, so good at executing, like, this playoffs, they have looked so dominant. Like they that had that six game series with the Suns, but like, I don't know about you. I didn't. I was never really that worried watching that series. And then they obviously dismantled the Lakers in four. So like, they're just a really damn good team. So like, they're, the rust may play a factor, but I think if any team can do it, it's them. They're the one team that just hasn't looked at all mortal the entire playoffs every team i think that you've watched throughout these playoffs have had a fault somewhere yeah and you can pick that fault clearly miami also looked like they didn't have that fault until recently Mm -hmm. boston also clearly has that fault too in close games because they've only won one close game this entire postseason and i think that's good if if i'm gonna head myself into my prediction if boston wins tonight that's probably gonna bite them in the ass too against the nuggets i don't know interesting times uh before we go here we just wanted to address some of the buzz from episode one because, Woo! my goodness, everyone, did episode one kind of take us a little bit by surprise. I don't think we were expecting too much from this. We were just like, hey, we're making a podcast. Let's huddle around this laptop with no microphone and let's just talk for an hour. Let's have some fun. And know? the Dream Team podcast definitely did have some fun off those charts a little bit. We peaked at number 13 in basketball con podcasts in canada which is kind of crazy to think about and not just that we also cracked the top 250 podcasts in the states for basketball alone us and i number one okay we're so the two things these podcasts are gonna come is he's gonna end with an accent every single time it has to happen and he's gonna hate on doc rivers no honestly the support has been kind of insane a little bit i think i've been taking it back i think i can speak for everyone here that we all 100 think that it's been absurd seeing this stuff and yeah. we're only at the beginning i think we're having a good time doing this stuff it's only getting more exciting with the content the nba finals are just around the corner here and we'll see what happens tonight everyone yeah thank you everyone for listening before mm-hmm. i hand it back i just want to say make sure like, subscribe. Oh, yeah. I guess we kind of got to do that now, yeah, don't we? Follow do us that on now. socials. Follow, follow us, us on the socials. Follow the Twitter. At Dream follow Te- our podcast. Dream underscore Team Pod. We're on everything right now. Well, not everything. We're going to soon be on YouTube. I'm going to play that out soon. We're going to get that up there. But we are currently on Apple at the Dream Team Podcast. And same with Spotify. And Google Podcast is also coming soon. Download it. Leave a review and a rating. Yeah, once we get a couple, if it's five stars. Though. Yeah, five star. Yeah, five star. Don't be that. Don't be that guy that's giving yeah. like yeah, one star. If, you, if you're gonna get four too, like yeah. might as well get five. Yeah, what's a four? Exactly. Like, what, what, do you, what, what, what did we do to get yeah. the like one next? Yeah. The, the if you're gonna leave one. a four, I at least want some feedback. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> I you gotta tell me why it's a four. But yeah, yeah five star ratings. We'll start reading some out. You know, so have yeah. some fun with them. I think there's a good one on there now that we'll get to at some point. So have fun, listen, and thank you, everyone. Yeah, or like anything. Like any any feedback is great, too. Like just, if you're going to leave four stars, just be like, hey, this was good, but 
Spencer over there, you know, is kind of a little. He messed oh, up too oh, many oh, words. Oh, he's just. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, that Jake guy. It was pretty good to podcast, but he j- he just can't say those w- two words together. He just can't say. I'm not even going to attempt to say. Tight knit. Thank you. Just try with me. Tight. Tight knit. Knit. Let's go. There we go. There I go. got it. Already improving. Yeah. Five stars, baby, right there. Five stars. Episode two. I think that uh that about wraps it up there. So yeah, thank you everyone for watching. Appreciate it all. We will be back shortly in due time for episode three next week. It's steps to success. I'm not even going to try to follow Shout that. Shout out, Zelfin. Thanks, Peace, everyone. everyone. Later, guys.